Like, I'm just like, how how much of it is just because you know Arsenal fans are horny, horny for transfer news? When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. That's Vieira! Absolutely fantastic! Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal! It is just what Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang does. Gabriel Martinelli has equalised for the Gunners! Welcome back to the Arsenal are monitoring everyone on the planet podcast for seven people (laughs) the day after we start complaining there's no movement (laughs) podcast with Alexander Moneypenny and my very good friend who I'm seeing later we are Bradley Adams hello Hello, matey we're gonna watch the England v Scotland game together we're recording um game game. not game game. (laughs) that's embarrassing 28 seconds in we're already going Love I'm it, fine, I promise. It. I'm all good. So uh, good. Yeah, no, we're watching, we're watching the uh, England Scotland game together, which I'm very much looking forward to. Brad, we're going to get a little yeah. takeaway. Oh, what should we get? I don't know. What do you fancy? I'm feeling there's a really good. Um, I've forgotten the name of the type of food and the name of the restaurant, which isn't a good start. I think it's called like <laughs> Pennies or something. I think it might be a Thai place. I had a pad Thai from it. It was unreal. Ooh. That does sound. That does sound. It was unbelievable, Fucker. and it was that kind of thing. You know where you know where a takeaway gets it just right, and it's like greasy enough to be a, like a good takeaway, but not doesn't go too so far. greasy. It's, you shit yourself yeah. the next morning. Yeah, it's it was it hit it hit the sweet spot. Hit the sweet spot. How are you doing, man? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. We have really, just chatted really good, for thanks. half an hour about personal Literally. stuff. Literally, so this feels yeah, we, strange. <laughs> we were we were meant to start recording at five, and we've just been chatting for the last half an hour. <laughs> How you doing, Brad? Oh, so I'm good, good to see you, man. Oh, I never talk to you anymore. I know. We don't WhatsApp all day, every day. Uh, send like, well, and this is just me, but send like four minute voice notes rambling around one topic and just going in a circle and in a circle. Yeah, circle. I can't, I can't lie, Brad. You know, the you little... never listen to them. No, I do. I do. I, hey, come on. I do listen to them. <laughs> the, you know, the, the WhatsApp, you can now do like times one, times one and a half. <laughs> you listen to our times I one stick and a half. You on, I stick you on one and a half. Mainly because you, because I could just hear, and also I could just hear the sirens go from go up to ooh in the background of whatever. How many sirens are there near you all the time, mate? It's Brixton. What do you expect, <laughs> Grace? Anyway, welcome to the Different Not Podcast. Thanks for clicking on us. Thank you for listening. As always, we do appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you very much. Summer is definitely underway. Arsenal are monitoring every single person on the on the planet. Um, we appear to be Making bids. Yeah, I mean, there's so much news all the time. It's difficult, isn't it? I don't know how you feel to kind of um, rifle through that for what's for what's relevant because you can you can really get into just every single possible like r- rumor. I think because also uh, it gives it gives fuel to the fire of of journalists. So whereas before it was kind of it was so dead that it, it then just kind of becomes hard to sell stories and link people and say Arsenal are in for uh, bloody Mbemba from Porto or like <laughs> Sebastian Larson at 37 Jan and Villa. yeah and all of these players because it seems like there's no movement now it seems things that have kicked into gear it also seems like there's so many more like probably bullshit stories around mm. um which doesn't help us do the guesswork of like sifting through and seeing roughly where we think the plan actually is. And strategy and stuff. And, I, and I've seen a lot of criticism mm. this week of like, oh, you know, a bit of a scattergun approach. And I'm always just a bit like, yeah, but like, I don't know how much of the, of the, of the, of the stuff that comes out and all of the rumors that we're going to, you know, we, let's discuss and are important. I never know how much of it is just basically because Arsenal fans will click on everything. <laughs> it's like there's a financial there's a financial imperative for the people who 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 hold these websites, you know, for, for especially, you know, for the like for the likes of, you know, the sun and, and all that sort of stuff. Like I'm just like how how much of it is just because you know Arsenal fans are no, it's because no one buys horny, their paper anymore, so they're desperate to get clicks on their website. News. They're desperate to get clicks on their website. And with all be and to be fair to that toe rag scum of a newspaper, 
they were the first with the Buendia links and they were the first with the Ramsdale links. So whilst um, they employ very, very questionable, disgusting business practices, and I would employ, implore every single last one of our listeners to never click on another Sun article and to never buy the Sun ever again, at least you can point to it as being kind of credible work at points from their sports division. What about if the Arsenal, the article is telling us that we're signing everyone? Can we click on it then, Brad, please? No, don't do okay. it. Just fucking leave the bastards to suffocate amongst their own moral dilemmas. Um, <laughs> uh, before we get into Arsenal sort of more properly, yeah. uh, let's let's just look ahead to England v Scotland. Uh, I've seen lots of pictures of, of Scottish fans in kilts arriving at King's Cross and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's nice. It's, re- it's I really was working, cool. I was I was working in Baker Street uh, yesterday, and the amount of Scottish fans that are coming in is crazy. Yeah, you're seeing videos of like people on EasyJet flights singing songs. Like, yeah. it's not like you know. And and again, I think I think you always see that that um. I saw a BT Sport uh slogan thing yesterday, which was "Love the rivalry, hate the abuse," which is perfect, and like not condoning any of the the actual slagging off of each other or like the, you know, the kind of xenophobia behind it. But the rivalry, I think is a really, it's a cool thing to have. Like it's, it's, it's a nice thing. If it's, if it's taken in good, uh, mm. good context and taken in, in a, in a good way, it's a fun thing. And it's, and it's great, you know, England v Scotland home count, uh, home countries. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's exciting. I think it's, it's going to be a good game. One thing I always point to of that kind of idea of like having good banter and um like, a good rivalry, but never taking it too far is what happened between the English and the Swedish fans. Where I think oh, it was, yeah. I, must, I think it might have been during the last Euros where we started singing "Your shit, but your birds are fit," and then they replied with "Go home to your ugly wives." <laughs> and I mean, like, no, but is it like? It's it's funny, but it's not. It's not. It's just like a charny, like rather yeah, than what we've seen before, and especially with yeah. certain sectors of fans pushing restaurant owners when they go to other countries to watch gay and like destroying property and uh, like physically assaulting people yeah or like yeah. pushing other certain minority groups off of trains <clears throat> chelsea fans um isn't on is it like we no. you, you want the good you want the good stuff rather than and and to be fair that's what i've seen so far just yeah, so. like a bunch of rowdy Scottish lot coming down and hopefully it's not marred by anything serious and it's just a good game. No. Yeah, and I think it will be. I mean, looking ahead to it, there's questions over Tierney's fitness. Um, I wonder what will happen with the fullbacks uh, for England. Mm. Uh, I think regardless though, I mean, you know, kind of, it's difficult to say how much the kind of the rivalry plays into it or whatever, but I, I, I just think it's going to be a good game of football. I think England have, you know, have a chance to qualify from the group. Um, yep. I imagine we'll come out all guns blazing. Scotland, what happened with Scotland? Did they win their last game? No, they lost 2 0 to the Czechs. So they're going to be looking for a result. So, Scotland yeah. Scotland need to either bait to, to have any chance of going through, they need minimum one point from today, and then they would need to win their last game. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I wonder how they'll set up as well. I wonder how they set up as well because often they play that sort of three with Robertson at left wing back and Tierney at uh, sort of left centre back. I mean, essentially, they're two, in my opinion, two best players, you know, potentially um, McGinn aside, uh, are Robertson and Tierney. So perhaps they'll play a four. I don't know. But it's, uh, yeah, I'm, in- I'm interested to see how England set up and how we, uh, there's been a lot of discussion around how England become a, it could be a squad, a squad tournament, if that makes sense, in terms of, you know, how we use the squad could be a really, really important thing. And especially as the games come a bit more thick and fast. I think it could be really useful to 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 use that squad and use that depth that we have. So we might see the likes of Grealish, we might see the likes of Sancho, um, and that's exciting. Mm, yeah, no, one hundred percent. It's going to be a. It's definitely going to be a good game tonight because I think both both teams are going to want to go at it for certain reasons. I think it will be end up being quite cagey. I don't think we'll see a lot of goals, um, and this is going to be a very funny thing when tomorrow it's like six five. Um, yeah. But like, I think that because England will want to win because then it guarantees our qualification from the group. We, uh, the Scots are also going to want to get at least a point, if not a win. I think in most they are matches, stilling, yeah. you want to win. <laughs> well, no, but as in like, I think we, it's different reasons, isn't it? Like 
We've seen people play for draws before because mathematically, if we played for a draw tonight and then got a draw against the Czechs, we would we would still go through in the same way that if we lost tonight and won against the Czechs, I'm pretty sure we'd still end up going through depending on other results. Yeah. But it it is this this game is massively important for both teams for a few reasons. If we win tonight and we set up qualification, we can rest certain players for the first knockout game mm. and treat the final get a group game like a friendly. And if we lose tonight, it puts so much pressure on beating the Czechs that then not only do we have to run ourselves into the ground tonight, we have to run ourselves into the ground then. Mm. And then, you know, Scotland need a result tonight to even have any chance of going through to the knockouts for the first major tournament in what? Something like 28 years? Yeah. yeah. So it's it's there's a lot riding on this game. So it's going to be an interesting affair. Yeah. We say this. I mean, I guarantee this podcast will go out about 10 minutes before the game starts. So perhaps we shouldn't do too much uh, too much previewing. But yeah, I mean, all jokes aside, and I know I, I was being facetious and so every team wants to win. I think at a competition like this, it is interesting to note strategies. And I do wonder whether there is a bit of, well, if we be, you know, if we go down the sort of third best team route and go down, is there an easier route to a final do you want to come top to play the, and who's going to be second in that certain group? I'm sure there is a lot of that. And I, I wonder, I wonder what teams just go, do you know what, all out, we'll just try and win every game and play who, play who comes. And I wonder who, who are a bit more strategic. Um, speaking of the rest of the Euro, there are other people in this competition apart from England, apparently. There are. Apparently. Uh, I just wanted to go through each Euros team. And for this specific Arsenal side, so forget like who's the best player for this specific Arsenal team. Who would you take? So let's start with Austria. My choice would be Sabitza. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm going to go Alaba, and it's the obvious choice. I, I understand why you might choose Sabitza. I think he's also we we might be able to get him cheaply this summer as well. I yeah. just think Alaba because of his versatility. Mm, yeah, and that's something I didn't consider. And his technical quality, he he is able to play. He could cover us at left back. <laughs> Alaba wants to cover Kieran Tierney, you know what I mean? He could certainly play also because of his left foot. He might slot in where Xhaka would go. Uh, he I don't, I, he's going to Real Madrid, so it's a pointless conversation. But you know, he, there's a lot. No, of- no, no, no. I, I get the logic that you get. You would get a lot. You get more positional versatility. He's also like a better player if you could kind of do the FIFA thing and do like an equitable who's better than who on a rating basis. I'd probably say that Alaba is a better footballer than Sabitza. For me, I just think a lot of our, and this has come onto what a lot of our conversations have been during the week. Our weaknesses are our midfield and our Mm -hmm. attack at the moment. So I, I think with a lot of these teams, I'm going to be way more inclined to pick players to fill those holes and to plug those holes. Yeah, Yeah. But by the same yardstick, Alaba is a phenomenal player. So yeah. no, he's good. He's good. Yeah. Belgium, Belgium, Lukaku, every day of the week. Yeah, I think sensational it. footballer. Yeah, I think he's probably the perfect profile that we need going forward. Yeah, Un- yeah. unbelievable. I, I uh, still can't get over the fact that United sold him, or that United fans even want to kind of rag on him for his time there because his goal scoring yeah. record in the Premier League is great. Still good age profile. Still really good. Uh, Croatia, I would go for... They've got a young left-sided centre-back called Gavardiol, who mm. is supposedly really highly rated. Um, and he looked okay against us. We are, you know, it's difficult to tell, isn't it, in one game. But can come a left-back um, as well. Especially when you're in a pub and <laughs> three, three pints deep with the TV, you know, 30 metres away. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he, he looks good to me. Czech Republic. Uh, I would actually change from that. I'd go for Bruno Petkovic because, again, striker, similar mould, hold up play. Um, for Croatia, sorry. Uh, for Czech Republic. Ooh. Um, I'll be honest. I, I mean, Schick is like the only guy I know from their team. So I guess Schick, but like, that's not based Kufal, on anything. Kufal and... Um, yeah. Oh, that's true. Suchek. Uh, was, and Suchek, but Suchek's a bit of a racist, so I don't want him at the club. Uh, I'd probably go Kufal because I think yeah, Suchek. A good shout. I think Suchek will see next season. For me, I think he has had a purple patch, and that is not the player that he is permanently. 
Well, as I think Kufal's gone quite under the radar when it comes to that West Ham team, and he's been a very capable performer at that right back slot. So no, mm-hmm. I would go for for Kufal to come in at right yeah. back for us. He's a really good deliverer of the ball. Uh, he's mm. got a good engine as well. Uh, Denmark, I'd, do, I'd go Wacky Manderson probably. That's a good shout. That's a good shout, yeah. Or right. Thomas Delaney in midfield. Yeah, yeah. Uh, England? Um, if I'm going for what I think would improve us quite heavily, I would... Oh, this is this is the most difficult one for me. Do you want to hop in and give a shout first? Because I'm torn between like four players. Um, My, well, I think- I'm torn between friggin' um, Reese James... Jack Grealish, mm. Phil Foden, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I think we I think we talked about this before. I would probably go for it could be if we're if we're playing fantasy football here and we could have anyone from the England squad because of our kind of lack of. I mean, Phillips is actually going up in my estimations. I I yeah. genuinely hadn't that watched that much of him. Um, but I probably would still go for someone. I'd probably go for Mason Mount over Foden. I really rate Mount. I think he's excellent. I think he's got I, a really I, good. Absolutely, absolutely. But I'd I'd still go for Grealish over Mount. And I think also one thing that you have to consider is ceiling. I think Foden's probably got the highest ceiling out of all three of them. Foden's like what nineteen twenty, and he's he's doing maybe. This shit at but Mount's at that sweet spot. Age. He's won a Champions League. He's He's. I. Th- I think he's. One of his greatest qualities is, is his ability to let the ball roll across him and 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 shift off. And we miss mm. that so much in our team. Um. He looked really really good on that left hand side. I, I just really like Mount. Really like him. Seems uh, to be a nice guy as well. Finland. I'm not going to pretend I know any Finnish players. <laughs> I'm literally looking at the squad, just trying to scout. <laughs> the only one I know is Timu Puki. Yeah, so, Puki. Go on. Well, uh, Glenn for, Kamara plays for for them. Ah, go on, Glenn. Ex Gunner. Go on, Glenn. Next yeah, gunner, we'll yeah. have him back. Uh, France. Oh, uh, the temptation is to go bold Come and say on. Kylian Mbappe. Uh, but other than that, I, I can't. I, I love him, and I wish we'd sign him. It's got to be Kante. I fucking love him. Yeah, N'Golo Kante is just the he most is. lovable man in football. He's very good at football. Uh, and that was the one solace of Chelsea winning the Champions League for me was that Kante at least got to get the yeah. medal because yeah. I fucking love him. I'd go Varane. Um, Did you watch Varane against uh, France v Germany? Yeah. The amount of interceptions, is... blocks, clearances. And he's available tools. for apparently around the same price that we're going to get Ben White for this season, about 50 million quid. <laughs> he's only got a year left on his deal. Fuck's sake. That's, Fuck that's called English tax. But also, yeah, Varane would never, Varane would never join us. No, uh, no. Germany. Uh, I would uh, rogue shout for me. Florian Neuhaus had a great season for Borussia Mönchengladbach, central midfielder. Uh, I pair him along party. I think he'd be great. Um, who? What about you? Mm. Uh, I. I mean, again, I'm always thinking about like what what we would need. As in, like, who would I like? You know. Cruz or someone like you know like a proper baller but like what do we need there's a guy in the under 21s called Florian Verts who's kind of taken over Havertz's yeah role at by uh Leverkusen but to be honest I'd probably just go for Havertz like I think you know Havertz is or Gnabry man absolute yeah. ballers yeah I think Get Havertz another... plays a little bit too far forward to kind of slot into a cam role for us he's more of a second striker centre forward but Mm. Equally, I do. I just think I really rate him. Uh, Hungary, Shabosli. He's not in the team. He's injured know, at the moment. So Shibos. if I was going to go off their actual squad, I'd probably go for their goalkeeper, Peter Galaxy. But other than that, yeah. he had a great be... game against Ronaldo. Yeah. Uh, Italy, Locatelli, without Locatelli. a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Netherlands. It's not there. Netherlands. I'd, uh, I'd go ooh, Dumfries. A right back. I'd go Dumfries. That is, a, th- that is a big, big shout. That is a good shout. I think he's. I watched him uh, in their game against, oh God, was it Austria? The one where it was goalless mm. in the first half and then they scored three in the second. It was 3-2 in the second, I can't remember. Um, was it Austria or a rush? Who was it? I can't remember. Um, yeah, brain's bright. Yeah, it's gone. 
Uh, I cool. would probably go Coop Miners just to be different from you, but yeah, or Malin, Danielle Malin. Oh, Malin again, ex gunner Fuck, fuck so Mina Raiola, man. The fact that we let him go for so little because of Mina Raiola, fucking. It was less than myself. a million, wasn't it? That's just not, mate. That's that just is mad. That is mad. North Macedonia, Alioski. Alioski. There you go. Uh, Poland, Lewandowski. Oh, I I don't know if I agree. Uh, I I quite like Zielinski. Great season for Napoli. Put up um, double figures in both goals and assists. Uh, sensational I don't know players. Zielinski. Zielinski, he, yeah. Where's he? Uh, he's, I want to make sure I'm getting this absolutely right, so I'm bringing up his profile. So if you've got your bingo cards out, Brad Googling something <laughs> is, is getting checked off right now. Oh, I should uh, have that on my little... Zielinski. Um, media. Plays bet- between kind of central midfield and attacking midfield. Um, like has played both roles. I'm just trying to get up his actual stats for not the Europa. So in the Europa League, two goals and one assist and six appearances. And in Serie A, eight goals and 11 assists in 36 appearances. So across all competitions, he's put up something like uh, 10 goals and 15 assists, I think, this season. not bad. How old is he? Which is a great return for somebody. Uh, He is 27, so he's not young. Okay, could be a decent backup option. Yeah, not bad. Uh, Portugal, I've got a Ronaldo boner, so I just go Ronaldo, but that's not actually a good, that's not a good decision. It's not a good football no, decision. Cause, especially because of how old he is. Um, yeah. And like the fact that he cost you probably like a million pounds a week. Uh, I quite well, like the look of Andre Silva after the season he's had at Frankfurt. Apparently he, was, he changed the, the game for like 45 million pounds, apparently. So changed he, the game when he came that, on. Yeah, him, him. I think he would be a good gamble if we can get him for the quoted price. Uh, other than that, um, Renato Sanchez, I think, is another one who oh. changes games when he comes on. He did as well. He, he had a um, nice run before the third goal, I think it was, or second goal. Um, yeah, he was great. I'd go Ruben Dias. Ruben Dias? Or Nuno Mensch? Nuno Mensch. Pip. Cancel. Cancel. Russia. Arshavin. Uh, yeah, absolutely, Arshavin. You've yep. just stolen my joke, but Arshavin. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking bastard <laughs> Brad told me before recording he's like for Russia I'm, I'm going to say our Shavin is a joke they always, I also did mean that as a joke but they yeah, always still stole it from me always best when they're prepared uh, Scotland Craig Gordon <laughs> he's still playing football genuinely I'd go to Kieran Tierney I wouldn't take anyone else from that uh, yeah, but McGinn. if we're, if, if we're going to go for somebody that we don't already own McGinn nah. yeah um, we all dream of a team of Kieran Tierney's. Maybe Andrew Robertson to play back up. We need a second choice left back. <laughs> <laughs> Triggered. Uh, Slovakia. Or Black. Do you know any of their players? Uh, Black doesn't play. He's Slovenian, oh, Sc- I think. Oh, Slovenia. I'm so sorry. I mean, Skriniar, probably. Yeah, Skriniar, again, Dubravka. Is like it, Finland, I a, like Finland, I know. Decent option. I know none of their players, as evidenced by the fact that I just said Oblak when he doesn't play for them. Uh, Spain. Ooh, this is a difficult one. Um, maybe Oyarzabal plays mm. for Sociedad. Floats between that left wing or the ten. Mm. Oh, I do like Brighton's new keeper, Robert Sanchez, who took the number one spot from Matt Ryan. I think he looks quality. He's great on the ball. Mm. Um, so I'd I... say maybe him or mm. Marcus Llorente, maybe. Yeah, potentially. I'd, I quite like the look of Eric Garcia. I know that wouldn't fit in our Saliba agenda. Pau Torres is a, is a good, Pau Torres is a good left-sided centre-back. but Pedri's decent. Though. I mean, you'd take Adama Traoré, wouldn't you? Um, mm, undecided on that one. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Robert Sanchez. I think that that would be a great move. Sweden, Isaac. Isaac. Yep. Yeah. Done. One hundred percent. Switzerland. Uh, there's a great guy in the midfield who's, who's got blonde hair. Uh, where's number ten? I, I, I think he's called X Hacker or something. Or like, is it Zanet Gacker? Zanik no, Gaffer. no, it's like it's like it's an ex, the hacker, I think. Oh, 
Um, apart from the man, the myth, Him. Zachariah. Yeah. I mean, I think he'd, he'd shore up that midfield, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Such a tabloid phrase. Uh, last three, Turkey, Ukraine, and Wales. Turkey? I mean, Channel Oglu's available on a free. It's not bad. Ozan Kabak, I'd take. Soyuncu, I'd uh, take. I, I don't think I'd take Kabak. I'd probably take Soyuncu or Damaral or Chelek first. One of those three. Yeah. Maybe for what we actually need, Chelek. Chelek. I just, I, the, the one thing about Kabak is I go, well, Liverpool didn't want to sign him for a reason, so why are we? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's obviously they do have, reasons there. They do have Virgil van Dijk in Venice. Yeah, but they've just gone out and signed Canate. Who isn't left-footed, so it's not like he'd be taking up the same space. So I'd probably go Soyan Chorchelik. Ukraine. what we need, really. Ukraine, I know literally Yamalenko. zero of their players. I quite like that guy called Popov, because you can say, oh, he's popped it off there, or pops it around the corner. It's just a, There's a lot of sort of pun possibilities there. So You would I, have a lot of fun if he was... I would have a lot of fun, was, so therefore I'd go if for If he was Popov. an Arsenal player, yeah. Uh, Wales... Just say Aaron Ramsey. Yeah. Brad, Brad, don't... Come on. That's There's no one else. sacrilege. There's no I mean, one else. I wouldn't mind Dan, Dan James. Dan James is the or worst David Brooks. footballer I think I've seen in the Premier League. Oh, come on, Brad. Daniel James is a fucking horrendous footballer and I'll hit no other words said about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fun living in dreamland for a bit, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, right. the actual depressingness in news. Yes. So back to reality and who we're actually going to get. Uh, so And it is going to be Kepa Ariza Balaga yeah, on, on a nine-year deal for a £175 million pound fee. <laughs> uh, hilariously, as Brad alluded to in the beginning, we were complaining about the lack of movement. And then the next day, I think might have been the most active day in Arsenal Twitter for years. Years. Um, Woke up to Bids a bid for Lakonga, like yeah, for Lakonga. We'll, we'll come on to those in a minute. Uh, just want to talk about the fixtures first and foremost. Arsenal playing Brentford uh, on the opening day of the Premier League, the Friday night before the sort of opening weekend. Uh, just getting them up now. Um, on Sky, which is interesting, away at Brentford. But I mean, essentially, I've been looking through them. There's nothing. First six Premier League fixtures: Brentford, Chelsea. City, Norwich, Burnley and Tottenham. Now, obviously that's fairly tough because we've got, you know, three... I don't want to call Spurs a big six team, so I'll say three teams. Um, but to be honest, you know, I think you could you could complain about that, whatever. I'd rather play people earlier in the season when it sort of appears to kind of be less on the line. Um, but actually, if you look through... There's not really a month that I look at and go, oh, that is a that is a tough month. Um, potentially... And the two fixtures we will lose, I think it's a Bamiyang, Party, Pepe, and all that for, is I believe it's Spurs. I don't, is it Spurs at home? And January, we've got City at home on New Year's Day, Tottenham a week uh, two weeks later, and then Burnley. I think that's it's where we get Tottenham our, and Burnley. That's Tottenham where we get our two-week break. Tottenham and Burnley are the two games we would lose our African players for, which aren't, especially with the fucking mess that Tottenham are in at the moment. They can't even hire a manager. Yeah, I don't think that's the worst situation to have. Annoyingly, our two-week break comes. So our two-week break in in winter comes after we play City, and then two weeks later we play Tottenham, but the African Cup of Nations starts, hang on, African Cup of Nations 2021 starts uh, from the 9th of January to the 6th of February. So it goes right bang in the middle of that. Like you'd prefer it to maybe start like a, you know, late December and kind of, you know, take the bulk of it in that two week break. But is what it is. But yeah, I mean, overall, that kind of, the fixture list, I think, looks pretty good. I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, you know, there's the old parties who say, "Oh, well, we're gonna have to play everyone home and away, so it doesn't matter." I do think it matters, and I think it's important. I think it's something to read into because if you have a really sticky run at certain points, but I think it's fairly well spread out. There's kind of, you know, 
there's no real places that I think, oh my god. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's always a good thing. If uh, it's going to be a, it's a tough start to the season, but if we get our business done early and not a lot of our, you know, we've only got four players, I think, at the Euros currently, and obviously one of them being Xhaka, who doesn't seem to be in future plans. So. If we get our business done early and we're not signing a lot of players currently like competing or going deep into the Euros, we'll have a fresh squad and be ready to hit those first six games. And we had one of the better kind of records against the top six and our best record since the 08-09 season. So after the season we've had, I for some reason still weirdly have some confidence going into those first six games if we get some business done early, which would be good for us. Yeah. And potentially, you know, I, I don't think it massively impacts things, but the fact we are playing Chelsea at home and City away, second and third game, reminds me of Emery's first. Um, do you remember he had like two, it was like a City and a, maybe it was a United game or something, a Liverpool mm. game, sorry, it was, uh, on his first two, when it, his uh, first two in charge. But yeah, I, I don't think it's going to impact transfer plans that much. Uh, the only other thing I'd say is Gabriel uh, has been called up to the Olympic squad for Brazil and Martinelli hasn't. Which is a real shame. Which is a shame. Um, uh, again, he, he potentially misses two games. I don't think it impacts anything particularly. I don't think it's going to impact sort of personnel changes. It's two games. It's not, you know, six months or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, potentially that opens the door for Saliba who to, to get in from the start. I don't know. Um it's good for Martinelli to have that preseason, but you know, say for example, we do sign Ben White. Do we start with a, a White and Saliba, and Saliba can play uh, left centre back and, and cover for Gabriel, or do we start with Mari with a bit more experience? I don't know, but it, it opens up that slot because um, I think Gabriel yeah. probably probably will start most games next season. Yeah, I, and I think that's good. I think it'll be. I, I think he would have started most games this season if kind of COVID yeah. hadn't hit him, and he then went through that rough patch. Struggling to find a bit of form. Yeah, it got sent off against Southampton as well. Yeah, I, though I think that's sending off is quite harsh because I think it was. Yeah. I don't know if it's the I don't know if it was the first challenge or the second challenge that was a little a little bit. It wasn't enough for a yellow card for me. Um, I guess because we're kind of naturally coming along to it. The Ben White deal, I'm still not crazy about. I just. Well, there was a. We had the. Th I know, but the, the, here's here's my logic, right? We had the third the third best defense in the league last season. We need to be making signings, fixing the holes, moving forward first, and we have massive holes in midfield and massive holes in kind of the front stretches that that need editing pretty quickly. And fifty million pounds on a guy who's, while looking looked okay in his first season in the Premier League, also profiles barely better than Rob Holding at certain points when it comes to his statistics. Do I think that Ben White improves our centre back options? Absolutely, of course. But when we already have Saliba, Gabriel, Mari, Holding, and Chambers, who can all play in those positions, adding a sixth option to that before fixing things like the central attacking mid position, the central mid position, maybe adding another striker or another wing player, depending on outgoings like Reese Nelson, William, kind of ETC. It, 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 it does irk me a little that we are looking, and also it, it is English tax. Like to spend 50, even though Raphael Varane would not join us because we're not even in the fucking Europa League, the fact that, Ben White is possibly going to cost us the same amount that Man United might be able to go out and get Raphael Varane for is a big problem. And when we've been quoted prices like 50 million for taps over, and I don't know whether Kunde would be down for the move, but also kind of 50, 60 million for Kunde, I kind of don't understand why we're not going to taps over or to Kunde and trying to lure them in first because it's not the child catcher <laughs> lure them it in. just yeah it just 
for a player that could just as easily have just had a bit of a purple patch in the last season in the Premier League and drop off, we've not seen enough to be... It, it is English tax for me. It's massively English tax. Sure, but when, you're, when your issue with it is... I, I, like, I understand you're, you're, com- you're comparing sort of prices and stuff, and I understand that, but I think the English tax, because he's homegrown, the Premier League provenness... It all adds money to it, and he's therefore- not particularly proven, though. I, 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 I hedge like Michu was Premier League proven at scoring what, however many goals in that Swansea season, and then was dog shit after. So I'm very wary of saying someone is Premier League proven. In the same way that I, I, you could make an argument that Buendia, while having a good one season in the Premier League, wasn't particularly Premier League proven for a top six or even a top eight club because he'd only spent a year in the Premier League. And it is the same with White. He's had one year. I don't think that proves a lot. Skodron Mustafi had a great first six months and has just been voted loser of the year in the Bundesliga. Sure. But but equally, what I'm trying to say is, I think anyone who's had any time in in the Premier League, and especially who's been trusted under Bielsa's system and did, did so well to get Leeds promoted and has been been so good and so integral to Graham Potter's system I think he's he's been coached under good football minds and good football brains I think yeah. he in terms of what he could bring to us I think as we said before there was a brilliant piece in The Athletic uh, called Building Attacks a perfect fit for Arteta's system and strong in the tackle why Arsenal want Ben White uh, James McNicholas Tom Warville and a few others it's really really good it takes a kind of statistical analysis and to kind of sum it up I understand your point about the attack, right? I understand that, you know, we need to be improving our attack. But actually, the question of how we do that is is a bit more of a subjective thing. Is it personnel up front or is it actually around looking a little bit further back, how we build up? And I think Ben White can be someone who could be really useful in our build up and be mm-hmm. someone who can who can improve our attack by being someone who is comfortable mm-hmm. with both feet, by someone who has got a really good range of passing, by someone who can use who can switch play really well, by someone who when you watch him when teams sit in low blocks, he's able to kind of ping that ball over uh, really accurately and, and with nice, think like Trent, but like sort of like floated balls. Do you know what I mean? Is that, that from those yeah, sort of yeah, positions? Yeah. I think also in terms of comparably, we're losing David Luiz, who I think by, I think by far and away has like the, the most progressive um, ball movements in the league or something like his. He's certainly got really good uh, ball progression statistics, but Ben White, so just listen to this. Ben White in 2020-21, his carry and dribble volume, I need, to get, I need my glasses. Uh, it basically works out like adjusted for Premier League standard. So he had 2,153 minutes. At 23 years old, it works out this from Smarter Scout that he's at 89 sort of in terms of if it's, if 100% is the best in the league, zero will be the worst in the league. He's at 89 for his carry and dribble. Uh, that's his high stat and then his defending intensity is at 85 and his defending impact is at 82 so not only is this a guy who is able to bring it forward and bring it out and, and use both feet and mm. play in different positions but he's also someone who actually does have impact defending wise now stats are difficult to look at because they're all relative. especially they're when all it's this idea of adjusted for certain leagues Premier League standard it's, it's really it's really difficult it, to, to tell right it's encouraging but I don't I don't know how much you can look at what I look at is the eye test and I go when we don't play play David Luiz, we look toothless. We we look like a team. Like go back and watch. But just like to, a- just to, just to cut across that, I'm not saying don't sign another centre back. I my issue with the Ben White deal isn't particularly that we're looking at another centre back. It's that we're looking at spending fifty million pounds on a player who at points doesn't profile better than Rob Holding, and when you there are options out there that are sought after. By, by elite clubs. And yes, there absolutely could be some elite clubs in there for Ben White. You know, Arsenal are an elite club, whether we finished eighth or not, with the third most successful club in the country. Like, absolutely, Ben White is being targeted by big clubs. Fine. It, it's more the price point and the lack of experience because whilst he has a year in the Premier League it is a year in the Premier League and whilst you know the two players that I've suggested are both players not inside the Premier League so they haven't had a year of Premier League experience and I know that 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 there is definitely this argument for going for like Premier League proven 
I, I personally hate that argument. I've never been a fan for it. Purely because when you're talking about a player who's only had a year in the Premier League, he hasn't proven anything. It's like sure, when, but when Virgil but... van Dijk had a great first six months for Liverpool and people were calling him the best defender in the world. And I'm like, it's been a good six months. Let's leave it another year. It is this kind of thing of we don't want to rush too quickly. And it, it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. But that, And whilst I understand about this whole building our forward, mo- our, our kind of our t- attack from the back, and I agree with that, we did definitely look worse without David Luiz. We have a player in William Saliba who profiles better than Ben White statistically when you do a comparison of progressive passes, progressive yards carried, all of these things. There is money to be spent in other areas that will improve our attack more when we have a player like William Saliba coming back in from France. I don't mind signing another centre-back it should not be the first signing we make and it should not be our top priority because we could get, if we get Ben White and no other players, we will be the same team that we were last season in the same way that when we had David Luiz, we looked slightly better. We still finished eighth. Okay. Number of things to come back on there. I think yeah, first, and for, just... first, no, sorry, first and foremost, I think the idea, if, if we just sign Ben White for 50 million pounds and no one else, completely agree why have we done that i completely agree it's and and i'd also think to say because he's our first signing he's our priority i think is a bit of it's a bit conjecture klaxon there he is Um, but what like as in deals get completed at different times and stuff we can also it's being reported we're heavy pushing for this deal sure but ultimately there's, as we've said before, there's so many caveats in the window. We don't know what yeah. our priority is. We've been told it's Erdegaard at some point. We can't get Erdegaard. We need to wait for Madison because they need to get a replacement. Well, we don't know. We don't have that information. We can't say until retrospectively who is our top priority in a certain window, basically. So we'll find out at the end. What mm. the what I think we can sit here and statistically go like, oh, well, this thing, whatever. I can pull up stats for you that tell me Ben White is good and you can pull up stats that tell me he profiles in certain areas, same as Rob Rob Holding. For me, I I prefer, especially in these kind of situations, to look at what, what do we need? And I think someone who can play with both feet, someone who's who is a progressive, someone pushes the ball forward, is needed now that we don't have David Luiz. So regardless of like whether you think Ben White's the right guy, we need someone in that area now David is gone because it was a huge impact sort of eye test-wise before. Mm. And the final point to come back on is proven, like prem proven is a difficult thing to define because proven means different things to different people. Is Gareth Barry prem proven? I guess so. Did he achieve anything sort of in titles or whatever? No. So it's it's a difficult thing to define. What what he has got and we can't take away from him is a year of experience in this league and a year yeah. and and years and years of experience in English leagues. He's also got a lot of potential. Now, as I say, do do I think the do I think the well, I mean he does, Brad. There's I know the English but it's it's the equivalency of English leagues. The championship is you know, we were having ironic and jokey conversations when we were looking like we were in a relegation battle that if we got relegated, we'd probably struggle to get out of the championship because the championship is a vastly different league that is so much about physicality versus what the Premier League is. So I don't think... Less think, so these days, but yeah, I, I take your point. Less and less, but I, I, it, it is a false equivalency to say, oh, because he spent time in the English leagues, therefore that will suit him better. Like... Okay, but you know what I mean? If we're talking talking about Premier... Yeah, he's got Premier League experience. So let's keep it at the one year of Premier League experience rather than the year in the Championship. Sure, but it's more than... Championship is a completely different... It's more than me and you. (laughs) Like, do you know what I mean? No, but Alex, we can can make jokes about how it's more than me and you. We're not talking about me and you in comparison. We're talking about £50 million, which would be nearing Arsenal's record ever signing. He'd be one of the top three most expensive players we've ever bought. And we have prospects like Jules Kunde, who United, Madrid and other clubs are interested in, and taps over, both who profile better while not having that year of experience for the same price. It is that weighing up option of, is experience better than possible unproven statistics? For me, this idea of proven is that you've proven your level over a number of, uh, like a decent amount of time. 
So Gareth Barry, you could say, yes, is Premier League proven because when you sign Gareth Barry or when you sign James Milner, you know what you're going to get. Just like because we've been linked with James Madison, we know what we're going to get from James Madison because he spent a number of years at top level in the Premier League. Ben White hasn't. So I don't think we can give this moniker that he's Premier League proven when he's had a year to do so. Like, just as in... Mustafi's first six months were very good and then fell off a cliff. You know, any like a lot of players have good years. Meet you. Like, there are so many countless stories of playing players having one good season and then absolutely falling away. I would rather go for somebody who maybe in a different league has looked quality and at a higher level for a longer time than somebody who has played in the Premier League once. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I do, I do understand what you mean. I, I just think in terms of the binary choice of do we sign Ben White or not, I think if we're contextualising it in an idea that, you know, this isn't going to be our only signing, to me, he he does a good job of replacing what David Luiz brings with a high potential. I think if we've got money to spend this summer, I don't mind it being that. As I say, do I think there are probably better options for that money? Don't know to be honest, don't know. Also, that money does encounter two things that perhaps you don't value as much, but for me personally as a football fan, I value, which are Premier League experience, however long that is, and a homegrown thing. The, the fact he's homegrown is really important and it does add value to him. Also, it adds value if we were to oh, come... Oh, of course. If we were to but come that's to, what I mean by English tax. If we were to, yeah, sure. But if you know, it does add value if we were to come to sell. It works both ways. So, I yeah, it's, it's, it's a really tricky one. I, I, I also, I do kind of take... It's really difficult when we talk about like you know players who profile better because it literally depends on like what stat you're talking about. Also depends on what league they're in. Depends on you know for example if your Ben White has lower XG from progression than David Luiz did, and people go, "Well, he's worse." Then it's like, "Well, no, but he played in a Brighton team which didn't play." Blah, blah, blah. So there's so of many course. there's so many different yeah, ways of kind of skinning of that cat to these things. But I suppose my only real point is like he feels like, especially age profile wise. Uh, as I say, experience, homegrown, a player who can, you know, can, 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 if you like, he, he's played in sort of DM as well. Like he's, he's really comfortable on the ball. I think, how much have you, have you sort of watched him not in game? Like, have you watched any like his highlights? I know you've watched some games of it. The thing is, I've not watched highlight reels because highlight, I, no, no, I, 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 this highlight reels the, are just on, absolute shite. Sure. Like Olivier Giroud should be put in prison for crimes <laughs> against humanity for certain performances. Monaco, like I, 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 I will drive the man to the Hague myself, like a despicable level of performance over a certain amount of time for this football club, right? But... He's a Champions League winner, a World Cup winner. And if you stitch together some of his goals in 50 years time, you could probably convince your kids that he was one of the greatest footballers that ever lived. Yeah, especially if you played in that like, scorpion kick. But Yeah, exactly. On, on Ben so White. Fucking highlight reels of bollocks. No, I, I, they just I, are. I do it's agree. It's not a true representation. I 100% agree, Brad. I completely agree. However, go and watch a Ben Stick White. Stick my fucking highlight reels on, mate. <laughs> If you see some class saves, you won't see me fucking fall on my ass last weekend because I'm wearing the wrong type of boots and fucking sliding about on the turf. Do you know what I mean? My point being, go and watch a Ben White highlight reel. This kid has fucking techers. He's got techers. And I appreciate, yeah, it's a fluke and it's a one, it's a one moment, whatever. Fine. I think, but when you go, and, and I watched him in game, I like him in game. I've also watched the highlight stuff and I like his highlights. I think he, I think he's, He's certainly worth our attention and time. And I think if we did sign him, as long as it's in the context of other signings, I think it's a, it's a good thing. Oh, yeah. But, of hey. course, in the context of other signings. I would just be more inclined to, to make those other signings first. But then, you know, it comes to, it comes to that age-old conversation of would he be there when, you know, when we go back for him? Sure. Will sure. a Manchester United, who definitely need a centre-back this summer, come in for him? Maybe. Sure. You know, they'd like young English players, so it wouldn't surprise me. So we woke up having complained last podcast about no bid to a bid for Albert Sambi Laconga from Anderlecht, supposedly that. I have no clue about this player at all. I'm not going to pretend like I do. That's what, No, and I love that. And I hate I hate listening to podcasts <laughs> when they, they're like, yeah, yeah, he's a really good midfielder. And you're like, you haven't watched him. 
he's all right. I mean, again, as I say, I've you know I don't watch Anderlecht games, so again, I'm watching the highlights. But in terms of what his what his highlights are, he looks like someone who is really really technical. He's strong. He's quick. Again, all the usual caveats of different league, all that sort of stuff. He's strong. He's quick. He's got a really good range of passing. He looks like someone who can use both feet. I don't. I don't. You can look on who scored to see what which one he favours. But I, I I saw him using both feet. I saw him breaking the lines quite a bit. Um, all the stuff you'd expect of a of a modern midfielder. It looks like he 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 can do. And he's twenty one. He's supposedly had conversations with Thierry Henry, and Henry's recommended him to Arsenal. Uh, he looks physically strong. He looks physically mature at twenty one. You look at like Eddie Nketiah. He still looks a little bit like he's still a sort looks of like a child. Well, it just looks like it looks like an academy product still at the moment, yeah. and and Lukonga looks like a, like a like a man, um, and uh, in the Premier League, you, I think you need that, um, especially for the price point that's being talked about between twelve and fifteen million pounds. I think it's a really smart move. Twenty million it's the, euros, it's the yeah, sort 100%. of thing. Even if he's tragic, for fifteen million pounds for a young Belgian who is highly rated out of Anderlecht, you'd either get your money back in a post-COVID market. Or certainly get a return on investment. So this I think is smart, the thing I've been crying for, for from Arsenal is these ten to fifteen million pound gambles. You're, you, you know, you're looking at um, I don't know how much he eventually signed for. I'll Google it quickly, but it was like the Rafinha move last summer, and the fact that he's now being talked about for um, a possible move to United if Jaden Sancho doesn't work out, and he cost them seventeen million pounds. And they were talking about 50, 60 million pounds. Like it is those 15 to 20 million pound gambles that as a big club who, if you're in certain situations, can make a lot of money and can offset these 15, 20 million million pound deals. That that is the lifeblood of a club that you can then recycle into other things. And he could absolutely turn into a world beater. I know nothing about the player and be worth 50, 60, 70, 80 million. Or he could be an okay Premier League midfielder and we sell him to Southampton for the same money we bought him from. Exactly. No, this I, is exactly agree. the way that we and, need to be operating. And offer, I completely agree, and offer cover while he's here and off, and be someone who's a useful option while he's here and we yeah. probably get our return on investment. Or, as you say, mm-hmm. we sell him for 80 million and pay for four more of the same type of, of gamble. These, yes, so it's like, absolutely. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it feels like the sort of the way we should be going. I mean, you look at Leicester, I mean, Bubakaru Sumare, Patson Daka, I mean, they are... They're money balling. Edward, why, They're money balling. Why in the why in the fucking world though? Are you you've got Vardy, Ian Nacho, Daka, and Edward? Surely one of them's going out on loan. Yeah. Uh, two other kind of income. I really wanted. I really wanted Daka as well. Yeah, he would have been good. Sorry, we'll get Isaac, mate. Um, that uh, would be un- unbelievable. Two other bits of incoming. Uh, there's talk of Aaron Ramsdale. For a twenty million pound bid coming from the Sun, um, I appreciate that Ramsdale probably hasn't his reputation is not very high in football right now. Absolutely relegated twice. Yep, absolutely, definitely in English tax. Um, when I've watched him, I, I'm I'm from Bournemouth, so I've watched quite a bit. Watched quite a bit of Bournemouth. I really liked him at Bournemouth, and he was he was really well respected at Bournemouth, and he was seen as a sort of really bright England under twenty one keeper. Obviously, been called up for the Euros now. I'm not saying Ramsdale's a world beater. For that price, I wouldn't sign him at 20 million. But I think there's a lot of like, oh my fucking God, what are Arsenal doing? His distribution's actually really good and his kicking's really good. I remember I was playing at Sheffield and him playing a pinger out to the left-hand side. Uh, it was the game we were away and uh, I think we won 3-1 or 3-0. Um, and he played a ball out to that left-hand side. And I was like, oh, go on. Because at that point, I was like, fucking Ramsdale, useless. But actually, um, and also... In the no clang, I do know someone who knows the family and the Ram the Ramsdale party. Let's call it that. And I know that this is this is legit. So I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I'm absolutely not saying that I know any more than that. But basically, all I'm saying is the interest is real. Um, so that's interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really not <laughs> on the Ramsdale hype. Hashtag Bournemouth connections. Um, I think it's when you've got the Onana is available. Hmm. Just go out and sign him. Yeah. I, like it's, it's not a, 
I, I don't even know. I genuinely like, and this is one of the things that always frustrates. I don't know why we're having to have this conversation. There is a player who is better at doing the things that we need from a goalkeeper to do than Aaron Ramsdale that's available for cheaper than Aaron Ramsdale. Okay, it will involve the hang-up of uh, not being able to play him till February. But I would rather that and be set for the long term than one thing Arsenal have always done is, is we've always cut our noses off to spite our face. We, sh- we should have sold Alexis Sanchez for £60 million and reinvested the money. We should have probably cut ties with Meza Ozil and not allow ourselves to be kind of bent over a barrel for his wages and all of these things. And we've constantly made the wrong decision. I think that overpaying for an English goalkeeper when there is another one out there that we just have to deal with the slight consequences for six months, it will make our future better than than with Aaron Ramsdale. I I, I just, it, it, it frustrates me because I go, the, it, it is so Arsenal to be linked with Onana who was linked with massive clubs before this uh, drug problem issue malarkey and this ban. And now we're talking about not signing him, even though he's apparently available for like ten million pounds. Like it, 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 it boggles my brain. It does boggle my brain a bit. But yeah, I mean, it, it, I think, I think maybe it, it's as a backup. Maybe it is as a backup well, because if we sell Leno this yeah. summer and we're not apparently signing, apparently Matt Ryan's off to Celtic, so we're going to need two goalkeepers. And as we all know, Runa Alex Runison has crisp packets for hands. So maybe it's as a backup. Who knows? Yeah, but- I think it. I think it is. And based on my hashtag information, I do know that it's it's based on what happens with the goalkeeping situation at Arsenal. Johnny, it's not a case of we're getting him regardless. I think it is based on what happens with Leno. I think it is based on what happens with um, with with Anana. I, I do think it's all it's all relative. If both Leno and uh, and Ryan depart, we absolutely need a number one and a number two. I'm not having Runison as much as I think he's. A lot better than people give him credit for. I'm not having Rinus as a number three, uh, number two, sorry, or indeed God save us a number one. Um, so, could you imagine if we had to have Runison for six months yeah. in there? But it does seem strange to me, and it's also not not a case of going. Well, we're spending twenty million on the backup, and we're spending seven million on the first choice. That's silly. It's like, well, if the that's deals just how the deals the deal, work out sometimes, the deals are, that's the way the deals are happening. That's but, that I wouldn't have a problem with that as long as that's the deal we're getting Onana in, and then Ramsdale doesn't mind coming and playing second fiddle. Sure, sure, and I I think at this stage of his career, I don't think Ramsdale will want to play second fiddle, um, because there's probably clubs that in the, cha- in the top of the Championship, bottom of the Premier League that would that would have him. So, yeah, I, I as long as it's not, I just think twenty million pounds for a keeper of his who will come in and play second. I just don't, it's just, it's not for me. Uh, Rumours of a bid for James Madison. AFC Bell confirming that he's probably our, our top target now after a fallout with dear Brandon. old Brandon Rogers. He's not got great character. Uh, Set piece specialist, 24, num- perfect number 10 uh, and a classic number 10. Uh, good from long range, which we miss. Uh, I th- I really rate Madison. I think he's great. Statistically, uh, 4.45 progressive carries per 90, which is in the 85th percentile. 50 passes a, matches, a match, which is in the 86th percentile. Shot creating actions of 4.86 per 90, which is in the 95th percentile. And 3.37 shots per 90, which is in the 96th percentile are all fantastic statistics like and in a Leicester team that has struggled to score goals with Vardy barely getting any this season and going through a massive drought and Ian Acho going through like it I don't think it's probably been an easy job for him to notch up the assists eight goals and five assists in 2000 minutes is not a particularly great return um but statistically he looks great and I I said on a on a voice note to you I think 60 million pounds is English tax again um, especially when I sent you the article that um, apparently Alwar's available for about 20 million quid this summer because Leon are just absolutely fucked financially. Um, and apparently we're interested in Alwar as well. So maybe we're interested in getting both. Who knows? That'd be fucking sensational if we did that. Uh, I think if his name, 
I, I made a joke to you that if his name was like James Madison eh, or something, mm. I'd feel a lot more comfortable with the deal. Yep. Um, and I think that that's my own hang up about kind of signing English players and English players in general. But it's it's a it's a deep, if if we get him, it's it's a massive improvement of what we've already got. Let's not yep. get it wrong. Yeah. Yep. And whilst I can think that our might be better or that this person might be better. James Madison is the perfect example of Premier League proven. He has performed at a top level in the Premier League for a number of years. Yep. And so homegrown. I don't think it's a risk. I don't think it's a risk. I think it would be a good move. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I, I really agree. And I, th- I think it's a, I think it'd be a really smart move. I think, especially, you know, we talked about, we, we want the club to be more opportunistic and this is an opportunity. This is someone who probably, you know, last summer, I don't know, eighty million maybe. Well, there was talk of there was talk of about eighty eighty five million five million because um United wanted him before. Yeah. yeah. That was I think that was even before they signed Bruno. Yeah. And you know, also they're they're signing more more players in midfield. You know, Sumaria, I appreciate he doesn't play in the same position, but um yeah, a change of style yeah. might occur. And they they are trying to get Ndidi potentially Sumare and Tielemans into a team. It sounds like they're, you know, heading to a more slightly more Liverpool style system. Um, especially because I think Dakar can play off the left yeah yeah so we shall see on that one just a couple of kind of uh, in-house business before we finish up the show Bradley uh, yes give me one word to describe how you'd feel about an El Neni new contract talks of that fine yep I don't uh, think it's, I don't think it, set, it sets the world on fire but it, we have to realise that there's, a, there's you're going to need players like the one thing we miss is Ospina because he was ha- perfectly fine at points to just sit on the bench and clock up minutes in the Carabao Cup and stuff. And yep. really you need player. certain players like that in the roster <laughs> and you either want them to be at the 28, 29 profile and a seasoned professional who's coming to the kind of twilight years of their career or uh, an 18, 19 year old who's looking to make an impression and fight for minutes. I have no problems yep. with an El any new contract. No, especially when you consider what's what's going on. Obviously, he would be leaving uh, for Afcon, but again, you know, I, I think it, it's it's two games as well. It's two, and games. if we bring in Lokong, Lokonga, Lo- um, say a Lokonga and Neves, and or Camavinga, like I think it's you know, yeah, would be fine. I really don't want Neves, Christ. <laughs> uh, there was a bid uh, revealed by David Austin this week for from Aston Villa for Emil Smith Rowe for twenty five million pounds. It's pure PR. Fuck it's off. Pure PR. It, no, no, no. It's I, I don't even. It's I, they don't. They don't even get the respect to fuck off from me because what it is is it's just Aston Villa trying to seem like a serious club. That's all it is. Should should like Peterborough United just start bidding like thirty million yeah. for Ronaldo, which which they don't have. Yeah, yeah. I've, but it, no, but that is exactly what it is. It's just pure PR bollocks to try and get themselves taken seriously, even though the only reason they weren't relegated last season, or not well technically the season before now, was because nobody turned on the goal line technology machine. So. As far as I'm concerned, they're a fucking tin pot club and they can do one. Bradley has spoken. Uh, AFC Bell saying that Bellerin is having conversations with various clubs, Villarreal included, in Betis. Spain. Betis, potentially Sevilla, potentially Atletico Madrid, depending on the outcome of the Kieran Trippier uh, situation. I think that's really good. I think Hector deserves to go um, wherever he wants, Very really. Wants. And uh, yeah, decent fee, and we'll be happy. Yep, twenty twenty five million sounds good. And finally, Mavropanos sounds like he's going to Stuttgart to hang out with Sven. Good old Sven. Did Sven Misery sign time. him? I'm pretty sure he he was here. Messing tat signed yeah, him. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Oh, that's nice. What a nice love story. Well, it's definitely silly season, isn't it, Brad? Fucking hell, it is. That's a lot of rumours. Rumors. Did you want to talk about our, our guesswork that we were doing during the week or should we leave that just we'll, for ourselves? We can leave that to ourselves. We'll leave that to ourselves. We, we, <laughs> we're at an hour and there's a siren going off. So, you know, it's standard. It's standard. We've just got time, Bradley. For Arsenal trivia. Uh, Arsenal hold the title for the longest unbeaten away record in the league, standing at how many games, Bradley? God knows. Have a 40? guess. 20, 40 away games. I don't know. 40. That's like over three seasons. We went a season. We, oh, who fucking knows? No, it's not. It would be. Because you have what? Uh, it's not. It's over two seasons. No, because you'd have you'd have 38, two, oh, you'd, you'd have 38 away games 19, over two seasons. Double. Yeah, so it's so over 40. two seasons. Yeah, that's what it's I said. It's not over three seasons. No, I said, said I over s- three seasons. I'm pretty sure I said just said, said three. Yeah, that'll be... 
No, you said it's going to be over three seasons. Oh. Like, that's not. We need VAR, mate. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is 27 games. Very well done if you got that right at home. 27 games. Uh, next question, Bradley, for you is how many goals in all competitions did Bukayo Saka score last year for Arsenal? How many goals did Bukayo Saka score last season for Arsenal? All right, Brad. Blad. I'll do that every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Brad, Vlad, Brad. A pleasure as always. Always, my friend. Always. You better hop, skip and jump over. You're going to be late otherwise. Yeah. Oh, Christ. I better get on the tube. Better get on the tube, mate. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Not Podcast. Uh, we do really do appreciate it. Uh, we're close to hitting 15,000 downloads, Brad, which is very exciting. Um, that is mental. Yeah, we haven't even been going a year, so I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, yeah. Thanks all for listening. We do appreciate it. I hope you enjoy us just chatting absolute waffle about football. Uh, Chat absolute fucking wham. <laughs> wham. Uh, Brad, should we get some beers in? We should. Come on. Let's get some beers Let's in. Let's get Come some on. beers in. I'll, I'll go downstairs. We've got a little a little shop up, below us. Up the England. England. Uh, right. We're going to go enjoy the game. So thanks as always for listening. Keep it different, Knock. And we'll see you later bye bye thank you so much for listening to the different knock podcast please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using if you'd like to support the show you can find us on patreon and buymeacoffee.com find us on twitter at diffknock and visit our website thedifferentknock.com thanks Podcast Network.